You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. All right, let's take our Bible and turn to James. James chapter 1. I've entitled the message this morning, Everyone could use a word of encouragement now and then. Amen? James chapter 1. Verse 26. If any man, we'll throw the ladies in there too, okay? If any man among you seems to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is what, church? It's vain. Now let's jump over to chapter 3. Familiar passage here. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. To whom much is given, much shall be required. For in many things we offend all. Is that not true? If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, which none of us are, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire. It is a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and birds and of serpents as of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Ask you a question this morning. What kind of words come out of your mouth? Now take your Bible and turn to the Old Testament and the book of Proverbs, the wisdom of Solomon. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. 
Solomon, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, receiving his wisdom from God, wrote these words. Death and what? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Heavenly Father, would you use your word in an amazing way this morning to change our hearts so that our tongue can be tamed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Got another question for you. What is the greatest virtue that we possibly could have as a Christian? Love. The greatest of these is love. Love is by far the greatest virtue. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you what? If you love one another. The Bible calls it the bond of perfectness. So if we want to be a mature Christian, then certainly we want to have a heart that's full of love. And if our heart is full of love, listen to what the Bible says will come out of our mouth. Our tongue will cover a multitude of sins, will be long-suffering, will pass over a matter, will be forgiving, patient, for, uh, uh, will be selfless, sacrificial, supportive, kind, compassionate, will receive and restore, give and endure, will show mercy, be gracious, because it is the greatest virtue that we could have. How true it is what our Savior said in Matthew 12, 34. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Above all these things, above everything, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. That word charity, we know it to be the word agape, which means Christ's love, the love of God. Not only is the love of God demonstrated in our actions one towards another, but it's also demonstrated in the words, right? That come out of our mouth. So again, let me ask you a question. What kind of words come out of your mouth? Are they words of death? Or are they words that give life? Some people just, because of the love that they have in their heart for God and for others, they just have a way of wanting to invest in people's lives and share words of encouragement to those they're around. And other people just love to be around them just because they are such a blessing. Are you that kind of person that people love to be around? Because the words that come out of your mouth come out of a heart of love and you're just such an encouragement? Everyone needs a word of encouragement now and then. We all do. I love this verse. Solomon said, A word fitly spoken is like, get the picture here, is like apples of gold. Man, those are golden words. There is apples of gold in pitchers of silver. How many of you would like to have a beautiful pitcher of silver in your home that's full of golden apples? How many would like that? Well, what's wrong with the rest of you that didn't raise your hand? Man, I would, I would love to have a silver bowl full of golden apples, and you can guarantee I'd be cashing it in about right now. 
There is, there is so many hurting people in this world. Now, when I was younger, when I was that millennial age, just consumed with life and raising a family and putting food on the table, and you, you know how it is. All those kids, just the demands of life, the entanglements. I didn't think a whole lot about how other people were hurting. But as I have gotten older, I begin to recognize more and more, as my focus has have, have, as I got my focus off of myself, and I really start to look at people's lives, it's unbelievable. It's like everybody out there is hurting in one way or another. So many people are just, they're beat down. This, this old wicked fallen world in which we live, it'll beat you down. Husbands, wives, parents, co-workers, peers, you name it, can beat you down. And oh, how a word of encouragement would be like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. People are experiencing so many, so many trials. So many people have just been rejected, they've been put down, they're made fun of. They've experienced mental, emotional, physical, and yes, even sexual abuse. It is now commonplace to find people hurting to this extent. The Bible says the rain falls upon the and the unjust alike. Just because we are believers doesn't mean that trials don't fall in our lives as well, right? They do come. So many people are experiencing personal loss, financial pressure, sickness, and on and on the list could go. And I don't intend to be Mr. Negative today, but it's bad out there. And it's bad in here, too. Because a lot of you are really hurting. And I'm sorry for that. I wish I could take the hurt away, but I do know this. One of the ways to be a blessing is just to give someone a word of encouragement now and then. We need encouragement because it's just a part of our human experience. God, Listen, God made us to need it. He really did. So what does encouragement mean? This is the definition. It means to call to one side. You call yourself to the side of a person who's hurting. It means to help, to console, to strengthen, to encourage another person, to uplift them. That's what it means to be an encourager. God's Word says we are to rejoice with those that rejoice. We're to weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind. Have that mind. I'm going to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. I am going to weep with those who weep. Ha Christian, have that mind. 
Mind not high things, but condescend. Get down low. Reach down to men of low estate, those who are suffering. Be not wise in your own conceits. Because you know why? Suffering will come to your life as well. And then you're going to need someone to speak a word of encouragement to you. Many people remain so self-absorbed, so self-focused, that all they can see is their own personal problems, their own needs, and they seldom, if ever, get to focus off of themselves and begin to look at others and see how they are hurting. And I know it's difficult. It is hard when you're hurting not to focus on your own personal hurts. But I will tell you this, what I've experienced is when I am hurting and I get my eyes off of myself and I try to help others who are hurting, it has a way of making me feel a whole lot better about the hurts that I'm going through. I guess it's that principle, if we give, we shall what? We shall receive. Philippians 2, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others others better than themselves. I am to esteem every one of you here today better than myself. And then he goes on to say this, look not every man on his own things, your own needs, your own trials, your own sufferings. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So don't look at how you're hurting. Look at how much this person is hurting and how you can be a blessing and how you can be a help to that person. That's how we are to live our Christian life. As I was meditating on all of this, I realized that the Christian life is is a life of relationships. It really is. First, our relationship with God, and then our relationship with each other as being part of the body of Christ. On Wednesday night, Ben is doing a series on the body of Christ and how we are united together in Christ and how we are part of the family of God and this local family of God, the local body of Christ here at Fellowship Baptist Church. We are a family. And when one member suffers, say it with me, church, what? We all suffer with it. Or we should. When one member rejoices, we all, what? We all rejoice with them. Do we? I guess we would have to go probably all the way back to the Civil War to see a time when we are as divided as we are right now as a people. I've never seen anything like it in my lifetime. We are so divided, we are so bitter, we are so angry, we are so self-focused, we are so isolated now. We are divided socially. We are divided racially. We are divided religiously. We are divided politically. And as Christians who live in this fallen world, we're affected by all of this. 
No wonder we sing so much about heaven. Don't you feel like sometimes, let's just get out of here? We need meaningful relationships with one another. God did not design us to be an isolated island unto ourselves. We need to uplift one another. We need to have a connection with one another. It's a responsibility that God has given to us. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in what? Unity. Not in the divisiveness that we see in this world, but that we dwell together in unity. That's why we need to attend church faithfully. That's why we need to be involved in our local church so we can enjoy that relationship that God intends us to enjoy. Where not only you can give a word of encouragement, but where you can receive a word of encouragement as well. That's the body of Christ at work. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. It's, it's been a long time since I've preached on the importance of being faithful to church. I think you ought to be in church whenever the church doors are open. I think you need to make the sacrifice to come, and God always blesses sacrifice. If you can come, you need to come. You need to be here. Why? Because we have that responsibility Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner, that's the habit, where manner means habit. You just get in, you know, you, even, you get in the habit of being faithful and you get in the habit of not being faithful. The longer you stay out of church, the easier it is. The more you miss Wednesday night, the easier it is. The more you miss Sunday night, the easier it is. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is, but then it doesn't finish, it goes on. But exhorting one another. It means to encourage one another. But exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Things are not getting better. I wish they were. They're getting worse. And as things get worse, we need one another. We need to be connected to one another. We need to be sharing our lives with one another, our burdens with one another, our trials with one another. I don't know how folks make it without the church. We absolutely need each other in these latter days. We cannot ignore our God-given responsibility to encourage one another. But not only are we to encourage one another, we're also to be there to encourage and help the unbeliever as well. Galatians 6.10 As we have therefore opportunity. Boy, does God give us a lot of opportunities we just pass by. We see them, we don't want to take the time. We don't have the energy. I don't want to go there. But as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men but especially unto those who are of the household of faith. We have a wonderful household of faith here, don't we? We do. You all have been such a blessing to me over all these years. 
we really have an amazing, incredible fellowship. Once a month, I attend a pastor's fellowship. Just came out of a pastor's conference. To hear some of the horror stories that these pastors tell and share how divided their congregations are. I'm telling you, I thank God for Fellowship Baptist Church. If there's one thing we did right, we named the church right. That's what we did. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. Now we do it, but don't you think we could do it even better? How many think we could do it even better? could always improve in this area. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Bear ye one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. I love this verse, another proverb. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it to stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. It is amazing just what a good word will do to pick someone up and to brighten their day. As I was thinking about this message, and to tell you the truth, sometimes I know why God would have me to bring a message. He just kind of puts it in my heart. This is the need. This is why I want you to bring this, Dan. But as I was asked, why do you want me to bring this message today at this time? The Lord really never gave me any answer other than we need it. I need it. And as I was thinking about all this, my, my mind went to a man in the Bible by the name of Barnabas. How many are familiar with Barnabas? Barnabas was given a surname, like we give nicknames, And he was called the son of consolation or the son of encouragement. I mean, this guy really knew how to support others and how to encourage others. It was like this. When Barnabas came to church, he didn't come to church to see what he could get. He came to church to see who he could minister to. He'd always be looking for someone that looked a little sad. Who looked hurt who looked a little bit down. He would look for individuals like that, and then he could say, Lord, how can I encourage them? How can I be a blessing to them? How can I I brighten their day? The son of consolation. When many within the early church were suffering financially, how many of you here have ever been flat broke? How many here, there's been a time when it was hard to pay the bills? I remember early on in in our ministry, I remember, my wife remembers it, going through pockets trying to find enough change that I could go down to the corner store and buy a gallon of milk for my kids. Now, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, praise the Lord. That gets old quick, you know what I mean? To live under that financial pressure.
my three younger boys, I think the only sandwich they ever knew existed was peanut butter and jelly. When they got a bologna sandwich, they thought they died and went to heaven. Am I right, honey? Ever tell you about the time my wife came home with 150 boxes of cereal that she got free at Meyer through double coupons? When Barnabas saw so many within his church suffering financially, you know what he did? He went and sold his property. And he brought the money and he gave it to the apostles and he said, take this money and go help meet some needs. He was the first one. Remember after the apostle Paul came to came to Christ, was gloriously saved. Nobody in the church wanted anything to do with the Apostle Paul. They didn't believe that he was a Christian. They thought he was just deceiving them with a false profession so he could come in and arrest them and haul them off to prison. Barnabas was the first one that stepped up, got connected with Paul, believed that Paul truly had been born again. He befriended the, he befriended the Apostle Paul. And then he convinced the rest of the church that this man truly is one of us now. I think you remember when Paul and Barnabas went out on the first missionary journey. They took a young man by the name of John Mark with them. And difficulties in the ministry caused John Mark to say, I'm quitting, I'm going back home. This really, really upset the Apostle Paul. And he said, that is one man that is unprofitable for the ministry. And there was an argument between Barnabas and Paul. And, and we can argue over who was right and who was wrong. I think they both were right. John Mark needed that strong rebuke of the Apostle Paul. But then Barnabas said, Paul, I'm sorry. But I'm going to go... And I'm going to hook back up with John Mark. I'm going to try to encourage him. I don't want him to be a washout. So he took John Mark under his arm. He discipled him for a period of time where at the end of Paul's life, he said, would you bring John Mark to me because he's now profitable unto me for the ministry. We would not have the gospel of Mark if it wasn't for Barnabas coming alongside of John Mark and encouraging him to get back in the ministry. As you go through the scriptures, you will find this word, one another. One another. One another. Listen to what the Bible says. We are to receive one another, accept one another, greet one another, love one another, serve one another, be kind one to another, exhort one another, prefer one another. Admonish one another, restore one another, have compassion one to another, forgive one another, submit one to another, care for one another, give to one another, pray for one another, confess our faults one to another, tolerate one another. Aren't you glad the Lord threw that one in there? Be devoted to one another, encourage one another. 
You know, all I can say is that God wants us to be connected with each other. Because it's a rough world. The power of the tongue to cause death or to bring life. He that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile. Sometimes we just need to slap ourselves or grab a hold of that tongue. As you study the tongue and the many ways it can bring death and the many ways it can bring life, let's go to the book of Psalms. Let's go to Psalms. Let me just read a few of these. Let's start with Psalm 55. There are many kinds of words that can come out of our mouth. You know, those words that literally will bring death to an individual. There are what the Bible calls cutting words. Words that cut. How many have ever been cut by a word someone said? I mean, wow, that hurts. You know, cutting words come from people who are close to you. You can't cut someone with a knife unless they're close to you. And sometimes the people that we are the closest to can hurt us the most. Can really cut us deeply with their words. Psalm 55, verse 12. For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then could I have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me, that did magnify himself against me, then would I have hid myself from him. Now watch this. But it was thou, a man my equal, my guide, my acquaintance. Unbelievable. We took sweet counsel together and walked in the house of the Lord in company. So what is, what is he saying here? This was one of my dear friends that I went to church with. He cut me so deeply with his words. Do you know there's a lot of people today that aren't in church because they have been hurt in church? How many know some? May it never be said of us. That we hurt a fellow believer with our words. Look at verse 21. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn, what? Swords. Close proximity. Cutting words. Let's go over to chapter uh, 64. Psalm 64. Let's look at verse 2 through verse 4. And here we find piercing words. They don't come from a close friend. These come from literally an enemy. If you are seeking to live your life for the Lord, you will have some enemies. Verse 2. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked. 
from the instruction of the workers in iniquity, who wet their tongues like a sword and bend their bows to what? Shoot their arrows, even bitter words. That they may shoot in secret at the perfect, suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not. So one, we have people who are close to us. Now we have piercing word from someone who is long distance and they shoot at us. One of our members here, I'm looking at him right now, sent me a text last night because they got a new crossbow. Now that is something to text your preacher about right there. <laughs> so he told me the make of his crossbow and how he really loves his crossbow because he said, I can shoot a hundred yards with power and accuracy. That's a long ways to shoot a crossbow. It's a hundred yards. Enemies will shoot at you from a distance with their words. Friends will be close. Go over to chapter uh, 140. Psalm 140, another kind of word here that brings death. Cutting words, piercing words. Now we find words that are just poisonous. That come from someone's heart who's really bitter. If you're bitter, poison words are going to come out of your mouth. Psalms 140, verse 2. Are you there? Give me an amen. It's just too quiet in here today. Which imagine mischief in their heart continually. They are gathered together for war. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison. Poison is under their lips. Poisonous words that come from a bitter heart. If you have a bitter heart here today, listen to me, the tongue can no man what? We can't tame it. If your heart has any bitterness in you, then poisonous words, no matter how hard you try to guard your tongue, they're going to come out. And then there's words, and we don't have time for all this, the clock is, is flying here. It's what I call defiling words. We have cutting words, piercing words, poison words, and then defiling words. And listen to the categories. Slander, evil speaking, a whisper, evil reports, a talebearer, and a backbiter. Those are all the category of a gossip. And oh, how gossip can defile a person. So cutting words, piercing words, poison words, defiling words. The Bible talks about immoral words. What kind of heart does immoral words come from? An immoral heart. The Bible calls it, Ephesians 5, filthy talk. Let's go back to where we were. James chapter 1. Let God's word speak into our hearts as we talked about the tongue. Death and life are in the power 
of the tongue. James chapter 1, verse 26. When you're there, give me an amen. amen. All right. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Now over to chapter 3. Verse 2. In many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. Strong, strong words by the Apostle James. For every kind of beast and birds and serpents and things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of man. But the tongue can no man tame. I cannot tame mine. You cannot tame yours. Who is the only one that can tame our tongue? It's the Lord. As we walk in the filling of his Holy Spirit. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of of deadly poison, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Verse 9, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Isn't that a good verse? These things ought not to be so. Let's really consider that as we observe the table tonight. I'm sure there's some things that all of us need to confess to the Lord tonight before we partake. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Well, of course not. Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Impossible. Either a vine figs. So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Remember words of the Lord Jesus. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So I really believe that this is true, that the clearest indication of where we are in our spiritual walk and our relationship with the Lord is by what comes out of our mouth. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening at 
Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.